Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Everyone is welcome here, and I hope you find something of value as we turn to Scripture for guidance and understanding. This week, I'm continuing with Lenten-based themes as we make our way toward Easter. Today's focus reading is from the Gospel of John and tells the story of Jesus raising his friend Lazarus from the dead. It's a lengthy reading, so just sit back and relax and listen to this amazing story. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, He whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it's for God's glory, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. 
And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed me, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you are always near me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You can probably see why this story is traditionally associated with Lent leading up to Easter. It's the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Easter is the story of Jesus being raised from the dead. But there is a significant difference between the raising of Lazarus and the raising of Jesus. To put it in semantic terms, Jesus is resurrected. Lazarus is resuscitated. Jesus is resurrected to eternal life. He will never die again. Lazarus is resuscitated. He was brought back to life, but he will die again. Not to make likely, lightly of the story, but Jesus performs an extreme form of CPR. Lazarus' resuscitation is in the realm of the miraculous, however, because he's been dead so long that his body has begun to decompose. This probably explains Jesus' delay in coming to the rescue. He wanted to leave no doubt that what he was doing clearly demonstrates the power of God. Now, if you'll go back and reread this story, you will notice that Lazarus is actually a minor character in the story. He plays a cameo, if you will. He doesn't even have any lines. All he has to do is dramatically walk out of the tomb at the end of the story. 
And he doesn't appear again in person in the Bible after the story. The main characters in the story are Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, and a beloved friend of Jesus. They are the ones who are most deeply affected because they are experiencing the grief of loss. They are left to figure out why Jesus, who they believed had the power to save Lazarus to begin with, waited to come until after he was dead. So let's go back to the beginning of the story. Jesus gets news that his friend Lazarus is gravely ill. Jesus rather dispassionately says that Lazarus' death will be used to demonstrate the power of God. And so he delays going intentionally. Unfortunately, he delays too long. By the time that he gets to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, his friend has died. Now, this isn't the only example in the Bible when Jesus exhibits inconsiderate behavior. An example comes from the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus was just a boy. He has been to Jerusalem with his family, and they are traveling home, and he gets separated from them. And when they find him, Mary is upset. She says, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Here ends the reading. The story of Jesus causing his parents worry and then his rather sassy response shows us the humanity of Jesus. I've always found it amazing that Luke says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Wow. Jesus, like any of us, had to learn and mature. Importantly, when Jesus encounters these learning moments, he responds appropriately. And the story of the death of Lazarus is no exception. Up to the point in the story that Jesus meets Mary and Martha, Jesus seems rather cold and inconsiderate. Things begin to change, however, when he encounters his friends. He first encounters Martha, who comes out to confront him on the road. I say confront because I picture her coming out full of anger. After all, who would let their friend die when they had a chance to save him? I hear the anger and blaming in her voice when she says, Lord, where were you? If you would have been here, our brother would not have died. Now, Jesus, defending himself, says, Your brother will rise again. Martha isn't satisfied with that fact, the fact that she would, he would rise again in the last days in the resurrection of the dead. She was hurting now. She wanted him back now. Jesus reassures her that he is the resurrection. The new life that he has to offer begins with him.
but Jesus isn't off the hook yet. He now encounters the other sister Mary as he approaches where the mourners were gathered, and she comes out to greet him too, and the mourners go with her. She says exactly the same thing as her sister. She literally throws herself at his feet and says, Lord, where were you? If you would have been here, our brother would not have died. Familiar words. Some of the other mourners gathered with Mary and Martha join in the criticism. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? This is when Jesus has his aha moment. When he sees Mary and the others weeping, Jesus becomes greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He gets it. These people are suffering. They are hurting. And despite the fact that he knows that he can and is going to raise Lazarus from the dead, Jesus weeps. And he's greatly disturbed again. And even the promise of resurrection doesn't negate the pain of human suffering in the moment. Jesus realized that this moment isn't about faith and theological truths. This moment is about human relationships and the power of love. Jesus needed to be with them, and now he was. That is his real gift. In addition to those who criticized Jesus for not saving Lazarus, others said, see how he loved him. This is a complicated story, filled with mixed emotions and sometimes contradictory messages. Of course, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus is a miracle story that demonstrates the power of Jesus and the promise of his victory over death and the power of God. No matter how reassured you and I are about the promise of eternal life, we will all experience loss and mourning, just as Mary and Martha did. Now, as a pastor, I've had the privilege of being with many people at or near the time of death. And I've witnessed the calm and peace that comes over the dying. And I attribute that to an overwhelming awareness of the presence of God as death approaches that imminent death is not terrifying, is a source of comfort for me personally, and I hope for you as well. But at the same time, I've witnessed the overwhelming power of grief among those who are left behind, no matter how faithful those people are. It just plain hurts to lose someone we love. People sometimes wail as the spirit of their loved one departs to God. Some people literally collapse in grief, their bodies suddenly weighed down with sadness. And then I always hear Martha's words of pain, despite her faith, when she says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I believe in the resurrection, but I'm still hurting now. And then I see Jesus weeping. The ultimate lesson for me in this story of Lazarus 
is that we must be present for one another in the hour of our grief. Martin Luther said that we live simultaneously in two kingdoms, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven. In our life in the kingdom of the world, death and suffering still reign, and we are subject to painful human emotions. In the kingdom of heaven, death and suffering have been defeated. Near the end of Revelation, we read, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. That's a promise. As I get older, I find myself attending a lot of funerals and visitations. We don't do this out of a sense of obligation. We gather together because we need each other. We cry together. We share stories together. And yes, sometimes we even laugh together. We mourn because the life we shared, the good and the bad, has come to an end. As he was for Lazarus, Jesus is in our midst, weeping with us. In his movie, Life and Death, a friend of Woody Allen is trying to ease his fear of dying. He says, death is just a part of life. Yes, Allen replies, the last part. And it is. Death is the last part of this life. Let's go back to Jesus' encounter on the road with Martha. After Martha expresses that she's not totally comforted by the assurance that her brother will rise again in the resurrection in the last day, their conversation continues. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Despite what we've said about Jesus' apparent lack of empathy in the moment, he says that resurrection is not just an event that will happen in the future. Through our faith in Christ Jesus, eternal life is a present reality. The past and the future merge with the now. We feel pain, Yet we are comforted. We shed tears, and they are wiped dry. And we too may proclaim, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. As I've been writing the sermon, I learned that my next-door neighbor, who's been struggling with Alzheimer's, has died. And I'm looking out my office window now, and his heart house is dark and lonely. I think back over the 30 years that we've been neighbors and how that time has passed in the flash of an eye, and it makes me sad. I do believe that God will be raised in the resurrection in the last days, but I also believe Jesus when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live 
and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And that makes me feel better right now. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. May God bless and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and give you peace. May God look upon you with mercy and give you the assurance of eternal life.